You are listening to Studying Pixels, a podcast on game studies and video game culture. I'm Stefan, a game studies scholar from Germany. I'm Dan, a Japanese scholar from Texas. And you can find us every Sunday on studyingpixels.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Dan, have you ever used the Konami code in a game to get an advantage? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start. I'm familiar <laughs> with it. <laughs> But you've, you've actually used it in a game as well? Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's, there's old games that I don't think I could have even uh, attempted getting past the first level without using that thing. Do you have an example for a game where you used it? Well, the, the classic was I had a neighbor that lived up the street from me, and he had an NES, and that was uh, his only game system. But he had, like, every game for it. And so we would go over there, and I remember one day he, he popped Contra in, and he said, I have to do this or we can't play it. <laughs> ah, because it was so difficult that you could not have yeah. possibly enjoyed it without. No, you need those extra lives or you can't get past the first screen. <laughs> I actually have never used the Konami code myself. I only know it from references, and I know what it does, and we're going to explore all of that in today's episode, of course, because the topic is, in case we haven't mentioned it before, It is the Konami Code. We're going to talk about the history of the Konami Code. Yes, a, a classy cheat for a gentleman. Yes, the gentleman's <laughs> cheat who, who likes uh, high difficulty spikes but does not want to engage with them too much. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Before we get into that, though, we briefly have to remind you out there that we survive this show. Not we, uh, we as people, but this show survives because <laughs> of your support. And we've got a new Plus episode out. We do this every month. And this month, we've got a Plus episode on the origins of Nintendo. And this is really interesting because uh, I, think, um, I think I might have suggested that initially to do an episode on the origins of Nintendo. And I imagined it's going to be somewhere in the direction of like, yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, Donkey Kong and Super Mario mm. Brothers and Zelda. And then... Dan, you said, yeah, okay, I'm going to, you know, prepare the script for the episode. We sometimes, you know, split the work a little bit. And then Dan came in and I saw like in the script already, in the late 19th century. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it started. And so I can promise, I can promise you out there, you didn't know all of this. Sometimes I get to dust off the Japanese scholar chops and it's a lot of fun. So this was a, this was a good one. If you're looking to start with studying Pixels Plus, this is a good place to jump in. Yes, it is. If you want to do that, then you can go to studyingpixels.com slash plus to find out more. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And here we are with our topic today, the Konami Code, which, as you said very quickly at the beginning of the episode already, 
up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A. I'm not going to say select or start here because we're going to have a little bit of a story to tell about the significance of pressing select or start later ah. on. Yes, it, there is a story behind that as well. I really looked into this in great depth. <laughs> <laughs> and when we prepare these episodes, of course, we're not just like briefly pumping it into Wikipedia and that's it. Um, but I read a couple of articles and all of our sources are linked in the show notes, of course. So the Konami code, originally, it was called the Konami Commando in Japanese, but also kind of in English. It's a, <laughs> an anglicized <laughs> term. It's, it has also other names. It's called the Contra Code or the 30 Lives Code. And where they come from, we're going to go into that in just a second. But first, let's get back to the very, very beginning. We're going to turn not to the late 19th century, but... <laughs> to 1985, and we're going to join a video game creator called Kasuhisa Hashimoto. He unfortunately passed away in 2020, mm. um, and Konami also commemorated him by posting the Konami code on Twitter. That's sweet. It is really sweet. He became so identified with the Konami code. It was probably the most culturally significant thing that he has created just because the Konami code gained so much recognition. You know, there's there's this idea that things in games kind of come out of nowhere, and then when you find out that no, someone made it, <laughs> it's very, it, it's worth looking into. So I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, and Hashimoto he made that code for a very particular reason. So at the time mm -hmm. in 1985, he was working at Konami, and he had the job of porting a video game. That video game was called Gradius. And it was available on arcade machines already. It's like a side-scrolling space shooter. And it was very successful or moderately successful on arcade machines. So Nintendo or Konami said, wouldn't it be good if we port that to the NES and get it into people's home console hands? So he was working on that port. And he said, just to illustrate the working conditions a little bit, in a 2003 interview with Siliconera.com, Hashimoto, he said... It was normal for an NES game to be designed in four to six months by a team of four people. This practice didn't really change until the Super Nintendo era. Four people. Can you believe that? <laughs> four people intensively working on one wow. game for four to six months. That's almost like an Activision Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Throw some punches here on the side. <laughs> But of course, these games were much, much smaller. But still, there's often, there's, it's a tremendous amount of pressure that you're facing when you have to port a game in such a short space of time. You work on it intensively. And the problem was that Hashimoto, he had to play the game a lot. He had to play it many, many times. And he had to find issues in the code and fix them. However, the problem was that the game was very difficult and he would constantly fail and he had to, like, if you want to check the code and see whether there are any bugs in the later levels, then you have to play all the way through because we're talking about a time where you can't just simply make a safe slot and jump there. Yeah, right. Mm, it would be extremely uh, intense and eating into his working hours. So mm. he had an idea. He thought to himself, why don't I just program a small cheat code in there that allows me to immediately unlock all power-ups so I can make it through the game much faster. You have to just hit the pause button when you're in the game, and then you enter the code, and that was exactly that. 
up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA. And then it would unlock all the power-ups immediately. With the help of that cheat code, he actually managed to deliver the port on time. Can I, it's so interesting that it it came out of necessity. Yeah. That I Because, yeah, I mean, if you think about, especially a, an arcade game that was designed to eat quarters or 100 yen coins, right? You're going to, it's going to be difficult just by nature of the business model. So to have to, oh man, I'm thinking about having to play through an old arcade game 100,000 times just to bug test it. That would drive me insane. <laughs> You're right. Most of these games, when they were made for arcades, they were not necessarily made to be completed by people, but they were made so that people just get just far enough to be hooked and then to increase the difficulty so rapidly that they would lose and then be like, oh, I got to do try another time, going to throw in another quarter because that's how these uh, companies made money. And then, of course, when you transfer it, when you port it to the NES, to home consoles, it's a much different setting in which to play and it has different affordances because then people want to be able to finish a game and especially as a programmer and game tester, you need to be able to make it through. You can't just say we'll program a level in there, but we've never seen it ourselves. <laughs> I think I've played some games like that, actually. Yeah, me too. <laughs> go, Oops. Yeah. Actually, the, the reason that the Konami code was even released to the public, it was kind of an accident because... Hashimoto, he was like super happy that he managed to deliver this NES port on time. He submitted it to Konami, and then they went into the production process, and only later on he realized, wait. <laughs> he left it in. It Could it be that my code is still in there? And yes, it was still in the game, and uh, they knew internally that the code is still in. They were wow. aware of it. Yeah. So it was, it was a... <laughs> We have the Konami code, or the Hashimoto code, really, because uh, of time crunch. <laughs> yes, because of a, a bit of crunch and because he was uh, he forgot to take it out. It was originally his intention to take it out before submitting it, but he forgot. And mm -hmm. then when the production process proceeded, then they could have taken it out. Technically, they could have taken it out. However, the problem is that, you know, code as many people who are experienced with it can probably testify to, is often rather fragile. And you can't just simply drag out a couple of lines, or you can, but then you cannot necessarily guarantee that everything runs smoothly. So it has to go through testing again and stuff. And then they said, well, never mind. It's it's in there. We know it's in there, but nobody's going to stumble upon that, right? It's like trying to take it out might have caused more problems than just leaving it in. Yeah. And so they left it in. They made the decision, okay, we're just going to leave it in because hardly anyone is going to try to put in absurd button combinations. Little did they know <laughs> how video game culture worked at the time because, of course, people discovered it. Some, some players, some individual players, they discovered it probably by coincidence or maybe because they pressed the pause button and they were just like fumbling around with the pad or something and suddenly it was like, oops, what was that? <laughs> they reported it to Konami as well and said like, by the way, I just want to point out to you that you've got this kind of weird code in there that just unlocked all the power-ups. But it was not really that much of a big deal because this was before the internet, this was before social media, so it was not all over the place, just individual people that were aware of it. You know, it's funny to think about uh, 
companies even back then thinking no one will find this and not realizing that people who played video games, it was like that old adage of if you give an infinite number of monkeys typewriters, they will eventually write Shakespeare. Mm. <laughs> it really was. No, they're going to find everything that you put in there. There are people that are so committed to specific video games that they will like take an eternity to try out every single thing to find all the secrets. And of course, since cheat codes, I think, in general, did exist mm. already. So it wasn't the first cheat code ever, but certainly one of the most iconic ones, especially when it started to become more and more popular. Because this could have been an individual incident, but Konami instead thought, hmm, this is actually quite nice. We're going to put this into other games as well. And that's where we come to how the Konami code reached grand popularity in the game Contra, which you mentioned already. Contra, a video game that came out in 1988. And it is also a side-scrolling shooter with a pretty punishing difficulty, if I recall correctly. Yes, it's one hit and you're out. And there, for anyone who's played Contra, there's a lot of hits to dodge yeah. in Contra. <laughs> It has these bullet hell-style sequences, if I recall correctly, when you fight against bosses especially. Oh, yeah. I do even remember, I think, as a child, I was on vacation in Spain. And they had always in these, you know, in these hotel arcades where they had a couple of arcade machines. Um, mostly for, the, it was like the children that would play around there while the parents were still, you know, chilling at dinner. <laughs> and uh, I... I remember that I played Contra there and that I went back to my parents and asked them for more coins so I yeah. could throw them into the Contra machine. <laughs> <laughs> so if you put in the code, the Konami code in Contra, then you will get 30 extra lives, which is a lot. So basically, you would, you would hit a game over screen and then it says that you still got 30 credits left. And you can even uh, multiply this number further if you wish to. This is where the... Konami code really broke into great popularity. Some players might have caught, of, caught wind of it early, but the crucial factor was that there was a video game magazine, because we're talking about 1988, a video game magazine called Nintendo Power. Some mm. might still remember Nintendo Power. It was issue one, published in July 1988. Issue one. Yeah, issue one. Wow. Uh, though I think, I'm not sure whether it, I don't think it was the Nintendo Power issue one. I think it was like a special issue. Mm. Because in this magazine, I looked at it a little bit on an internet archive um, repository. And I found the entire magazine, that particular issue. And it, it only consists of cheat codes for various different games. Oh, it was one of those. Okay. Yeah. Kind of the prototypical big book of cheat codes for games that <laughs> some of which would work and a lot of which would not. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a gamble. And you were always eager to try them out. But that's really how people got wind of cheat codes in the day. Either it yeah. would be by through friends, people on the schoolyard that would tell you about it, or it, you purchased one of these magazines where all of these cheat codes are collected. And I've got the page here, actually, um, a scan of that page from 1988. It says here on the subject of Contra, Build up your forces fast. And in a blue box at the top, it reads out the code. It says, this trick will give you all the, all the help you need to defeat the aliens. When the title screen appears, press the control pad up twice, down twice, left, right, left, then right. Push, push the B button and the A button. Lastly, push start. And it would then give you 30 as a 
continue here as a quote, 30 extra men on your side right from the start. <laughs> with there's a, there's it's so interesting how it's written right with, with this many water fighters it will be easy to win there's a whole other episode we could do stuff on about uh late 80s early 90s video game lingo and how people referred to lives because it's either it i think it depends on where you lived it was either you said lives you said men or you said uh one-ups because of Mario. Yes. So it's it's fun to see that written here. 30 extra men. Like there's like you're you're recruiting a platoon <laughs> to help you in contra or something. It's very much staying within the diegetic uh, domain of the video game because they also yes. write such things like once you master this trick, you'll overwhelm the aliens with the forces of good. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> so this was printed and published and People picked up on it fairly quickly. So that's how the Konami code became, let's say, cultural knowledge within video games. And uh, one particular issue I promised that we would get into is the debate around whether you need to hit start or select at the end of the code. Because there are some people that say it's definitely you have to push start at the end of the code. And others that say, no, you are actually it's select. It's like select start for you. Uh, so that it counts. And I looked into this and I found an article written by Hannah Sinetska at dmarket.com. She dissects the matter a little bit. And it is the case that both of these buttons, the start button and the select button, they have their own little stories as to <laughs> how they got in there and why it could potentially be the case that people are so convinced that that's actually how it works. So the, pressing the start button, that's the classic form, BA start at the end of the code. This can actually be traced back to exactly that Nintendo Power Magazine issue that we just talked about. Because there it says, remember, the last sentence is uh, here, push, push the B button and the A button. Lastly, push start. Mm. So this would indicate that you have, you have to push start for the code to work. But it's not actually the case, according to Hannah Sinetska. She says, quote, Many gamers believe the start is an integral part of the code. However, it is merely there to denote the beginning of the game. Okay, because this is this is something that I didn't know before we before we've dived in here. Because I did think start was part of it. I said you can play it back. <laughs> I said yes. at the beginning of the episode that you have to hit start, but that makes sense because back in the day you would have to hit start to start the game. So I guess. I, I don't know how code works in the best of times, but my thought would be once you end with BA, the code is set. It's good to go. And then you hit start to start the game, right? Exactly. And probably that might also be why in the Nintendo magazine and the Nintendo Power, they said, lastly, push start, kind of right. almost setting it apart a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's clearly something that can be interpreted in two different ways. And a lot of people, in cultural memory at least, um, registered it as, okay, so start is part of the code. There are, though, others who swear that you don't, it's not about pressing start, you have to press select. And the reason why that might be, Hannah Sinetska clarifies, quote, the confusion was caused because of the two-player mode required to press select after entering the code to grant 30 lives to both participants. Uh, okay, so by hitting select, you would start the two-player mode. But the code was already input as well. So it just, it's, <laughs> so you put in the code and then you 
you choose one player or two player, and that's where the confusion came from. Yes, and so people then oh. thought, ah, okay, so you need to press select and then start. Okay. But actually, as far as I understand, neither of these buttons are actually part of the code. It's just It just ends with BA, and that means that the cheat code is already activated. That's so cool. <laughs> it's so, And this is, it reminds me of our uh, Myth of Missing No episode, because this is the kind of thing that uh, it predates the internet, and then it gets subsumed into internet discussion, because everybody just assumes that this is part of it, and you have to do it this way, right? And so here we have uh, Hannah Sinetska saying, well, <laughs> we're, we're all right. <laughs> it's just the code. You would always try it like that. You would input it like that. And of course, it would work perfectly. So there's no reason to think, well, actually, maybe the start is not part of the code. It, it just becomes <laughs> relevant when it's about uh, referencing the code and or reciting it. I'm actually not sure in that I mentioned before that Konami themselves tweeted the code in commemoration of Hashimoto. Mm. I'm just briefly going to look at that because I'm not sure whether they posted it with the select or start at the end. Because that's the definitive, <laughs> the definitive uh, yes. answer. Yeah. If that is the definitive answer, then start okay. comes at the end. Because they do say BA start, although they say start in smaller letters at the end. Well, and in fairness, I mean, you can put in any cheat code into any game, but if you don't start the game, it's not going to do anything. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, actually, I'm not quite sure about this. This is something that, as I said, I only, I've not verified it myself. I only got it from this article, um, but I don't suppose there's a good reason why Hannah Sinetska from dmarket.com would just make it up, uh, and therefore I'm going to believe it for now. I can say anecdotally, I do remember that when playing with my neighbor, it was, we always did two-player, and so he must have hit select because we always had the extra lives. <laughs> so that must be it. Okay, shall we take a brief break here before we then come back to talk about how the Konami code found its way into other video games and into cultural memory in general? Let's do it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we are back talking about the origins of the Konami code. We have established now that it basically really blew up into cultural memory by being established in Contra. And it was, of course, then added to lots and lots more games, especially Konami games, of course, but not only. So I tried to find some lists um, that encapsulate, hopefully, all of the titles, or at least most of the titles. And it's a little bit hard to find a comprehensive list of games, but there are definitely more than 100 Konami titles alone um, that, across a wide range of different platforms, genres, and even console generations. I found, for example, the Konami code. It works just as a few impressions. It works in Frogger on the Xbox 360. Sure. It works on the N64 in International Superstar Soccer. It works on the SNES in Mortal Kombat 3, (laughs) on the PS3 and 360 in Silent Hill Homecoming, and in Zone of the Enders on PlayStation 2, 3, and Xbox 360. So these games are all very different. That's why I chose these particular examples. Sports games, arcade games, story-heavy games, horror games, fighting games. It doesn't matter, really. The Konami code can be found in so many different games, it's impressive. I can't remember what it it does in Homecoming, but I know it's not making Alex Shepard a likable protagonist. (laughs) (laughs) It can't accomplish that. It can't do everything. (laughs) Yeah, its power doesn't reach that far. Silent Hill Homecoming, yes. Was that... No, wait. There was also Silent Hill The Room, wasn't there? Well, Silent Hill The Room was the last one developed by the team Silent. And then Silent Hill Homecoming, which is... I, I think it's an unsung gem. But Silent Hill Homecoming was an American team that took it over and immediately made the protagonist a, uh, an, well, without getting into too much, an ex-soldier. So it became a very combat-heavy game. So actually, now that I think about it, maybe the Contra code gives you 30 extra lives or yeah, something. Yeah, 30 extra lives. <laughs> like you can, you can just punch Pyramid Head unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course, after the Konami code had spread or had been spread actively by Konami and had made its way into cultural consciousness, uh, other developers caught on to it and they implemented it as well. The Konami code at this point, we said at the beginning that there were other cheat codes before, but at this point it really starts to become almost synonymous with like the cheat code. Of course there are others. I'm not trying to exaggerate here, but it just became synonymous. It's like, this is the cheat code. (laughs) (laughs) It really, I, I mean... To the point where I think we were saying that gamers would try it in, obviously, gamers would try everything, right? But then when it became known that Konami was endorsing this, I imagine that it was just, all right, every game I play, I'm going to see if this works or does anything. Exactly. I think that's part of its charm, that if you were a kid in the late 80s and 90s, 
then you just had no other way of knowing whether it worked or not, except for you would try it. So you had it memorized, and then you started just putting it into the game that you were currently playing. Or maybe you heard from someone, from a friend, like, hey, have you tried this and this and this? And so you run home, you're like, and it's like, wow. You know, we should we should mention here too that you said that you memorized it. I think part of its charm was that it really was, it's almost lyrical, the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA. Because a lot of cheat codes that were at the same time or that followed it were very esoteric and weird. <laughs> and so to have this kind of nice little, you can just put it in in 30 seconds and remember it instantly. I mean, when you asked me at the beginning of the episode, do you know about, of course, it's, it's built into my brain. Yeah, it's even like though you have song. probably not used it in, in many, many years. Right, exactly. It's just there. Konami also started playing around with it a little bit. We come to the chapter of Easter eggs and references. <laughs> because obviously they knew that people were going to try and put uh, input this code. So sometimes it would just unlock something cool or it would give you an Easter egg. And uh, Konami, I found, they even would poke fun at their players sometimes. If you input the Konami code in Gradius 3, so that's the second sequel after the game that originally spawned the Konami code, then the player's ship would just explode. It's like, <laughs> okay, game's over. <laughs> so they, they were clearly aware of what people were trying to do here. Yeah, that, that is, that, oh man, if, if I owned a video game company, I think I would absolutely capitalize on that. Yeah, you just, I could really imagine when they're like on the drawing table and they're like mentioning, maybe we should do this. And then they're just like, ha, 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 that's going to be fun. <laughs> and actually, do you know the f the first time I think that I encountered the Konami code? It actually was on a music album. Uh, because, really? Yes, because the Konami code, it really spread into all kinds of different areas. And uh, it was picked up referentially in many different forms of cultural work. Since, of course, you know, the people that made the code, the people that grew up uh, inputting the code into their favorite video games, they would grow up and they would still have it in mind. And sometimes they would make something creative with it. There is a Deftones album called Saturday Night Wrist. And one particular song on it is just called U-U-D-D-L-R-L-R-A-B Select Start. So that's <laughs> abbreviations for the Konami code. It's an entirely instrumental song. But uh, of course, it has this, it, it gets this kind of secret language status at this point where you would, if you just read the title of this song, it's completely meaningless. But if you are in on the joke, then you're like, ah, the Konami code. And it's, it, it is, you're so right, because it is an inside joke at a certain point. Because even with Gradius 3, that feels like an inside joke where yeah. Konami recognizes it, they recognize you will recognize it. And so... The Deftones song, too, it's, all, it's also, I'm just thinking now, it's an entirely instrumental song, you said. I would think if I'm someone who grew up with video games, my connection to music and video games is entirely instrumental, right? So it's kind of fun to think, all right, why don't we call this one the, the Konami code? <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you input it in Undertale or something. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably something that. <laughs> Toby Fox makes fun of you. He tweets at you. How dare yeah, you? Probably you get like an automated tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, even I can actually, I want to encourage you out there to try and input that Konami code uh, at pretty much at any point where you possibly can. Yeah. Um, because I experimented a little bit. I looked into various different examples of where you can use or input the Konami code. And it ranges from 
small jokes up until quite impressive feats. For example, if you activate your voice assistant, um, Iris, I'm going to say now, to not trigger people's <laughs> voice assistant. <laughs> yes, thank um, you. And you input the code, basically. You just say the code. Uh, then she will just respond by saying, nerd. That's what she did with me, at least. <laughs> just say nerd. And that's, uh, to clarify, that is not how you have her address you? No, not, not no, usually. Okay. <laughs> I usually call her Grandmaster. <laughs> 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 There's also, in the Disney film Wreck-It Ralph, as is to be expected since it's a film about video games and old video games, there is a character in the film who uses the Konami code as a password, as a secret password. That's right. Yeah, that's right. The um, Not to spoil this whatever 12-year-old movie at this point, <laughs> but yeah, the, the villain, I think, uses it to access something really sinister. Yeah. It, uh, what a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I don't have to watch the film anymore. <laughs> Thank you, studying pixels. <laughs> in 2017, the Bank of Canada they introduced a new $10 note, Canadian dollar note, and they celebrated it by putting up a website. And if you input the Konami code on their website, then banknotes would fall from the top of the screen and the Canadian national anthem would start playing. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my favorite one. It's so peculiar. On a banking platform, you, you would expect it the least. You know, I wonder, I'm thinking, you know, history repeats itself and I'm thinking of, Hashimoto sending the the completed Gradius copy to Konami and they they recognized that it was in there and they didn't do anything. And I wonder if there's any kind of similarity between the loan programmer on the Bank of Canada website putting that through to his superiors and they said, yeah, leave it in. <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. Or, or just completely not noticing because why would you? Why? I don't even understand why how such a thing would be discovered. I mean, at some point, someone must have gone to that website and just be like, oh, I'm just going to put in the Konami code. Maybe I'm going to be rich, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure out the cheat code to real life. Yeah. Maybe maybe it'll work one day. <laughs> Keep trying. One of the really disruptive aspects of researching this was that I tried a lot of these things. And it, it just kind of got me into the flow of it. And I just spent like a couple of hours just sitting there and putting the Konami code into like every home appliance I had. <laughs> Uh, and the most fun thing I've found is probably if you are if you land on an error website in Discord. So if you you go to Discord and then you can also you can also actively search for it. You can like Google a Discord error website where just there's no proper link or something. Usually it would show you something like you know error four or four file not found or something like that. Um, and if you then input the Konami code it will actually start a small video game called Snake, which is a reference to Snake. And you can just play this game. I played this game for like half an hour. I was just sitting there. I was just like playing Snake. It has like, it has a soundtrack. It's got like, you know, you collect these tiny things while the snake always grows longer and you have to avoid the walls. Uh, they put this in there just for fun, just for if some, yeah. in case someone ever lands on that website and thinks, oh, the website didn't load. I better put in the Konami code. You know, there's, there's no way to test this theory, but I wonder how many of these fun things are things that maybe the programmers did in their off time or they just had around and they thought, oh, I can put that in. I wonder, I'll just use the Konami code as an entry point into this. I wonder how, how often that happens with the Bank of Canada people or, you know, the, hey, I've got this, uh, I coded my own version of Snake. I'm going to put it in Discord if you try the Konami code on yeah. it. Yeah. 
it's often enough maybe just like you know you have like after a long work day and you're just at the end of the day just goofing around with colleagues and someone is like you know what we should do <laughs> we should put that yeah. code <laughs> and if you input that code into your tesla it's gonna play like some specific music on the sound system or something like that <laughs> i have no idea whether that is true but i would definitely say it's worth a try yeah it's you're so right it is the um it's the you know what would be funny moment that a lot of these people must have chuckling while developing and i'm actually glad whenever i find such a gimmick um i think yeah some like people really had fun while making this someone had this idea and everyone was like yeah that's cool that's a cool joke so let's put some effort into realizing that joke and i really appreciate that <laughs> actually to round this off i pondered a little bit the let's say cultural significance of the konami code because Essentially, it is really just a very simple function. It is a, a series, like a sequence of inputs that lets you access more resources to make it through a game. And I found, though, that if I, if, if I think about it, then I'm mostly associated with the, this cheeky realization that you have when you realize that the game, which might seem like a, almost like a magical thing, especially when you're young, you know, when you're a kid, the game's like, it's just like a, a miracle machine. And the realization that you can outsmart that game, that you can access kind of its, the, the, back, the back end, it's not really, but that you can kind of access the back end of that game to manipulate it and gain this ultimate power within the diegetic world of the game. Yeah. I think there's just something so appealing. It really highlights video games as technological artifacts. And I think that might be the reason for why the Konami code just inevitably is tied to nostalgia. It reminds us of a time when, as I've mentioned a couple of times throughout the episode, when we would hear about this cheat code on a schoolyard and then you would go home and you try it on the game. And if it actually worked, it was like a magical moment. It's wow, this actually works. This is amazing. Yeah, it was. I love that. It's a, it's a code for nostalgia. I think you hit the nail on the head because I don't think it would have persisted as long as it has uh, if it didn't tap into that for people. And I think uh, things that you've mentioned earlier that it worked on so many games and it was just so prevalent and everybody knew about it. And I think um, it was really like, it was like a secret, it was a secret code to join a club too where you knew you know, oh yeah, the Konami code. I, let me let me pull the curtain back a little bit <laughs> and show you what's uh, what's really in the inner workings here. So, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's the nostalgia code. <laughs> the nostalgia code. Ah, well, maybe you should try out there to input the Konami code on the Studying Pixels website and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I have a do I have a surprise waiting for me? <laughs> uh, actually, nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to input a Konami code. I don't know how to code such a thing. I have no idea. This is our episode on the Konami code. Thank you so very much for listening. If you've got any thoughts or questions or corrections, then please feel free to reach out by going to studyingpixels.com contact. And if you want to engage with us, then one way to do that is actually our Discord server. Uh, we've up this discord server and it's like gradually coming to life more and more people are joining and we're always eager to engage there if you want to do so then you can go to studyingpixels.com and there's a discord logo directly under the header image if you click on that then you will be automatically thrown into our server we're looking forward to see you there and we'll talk again next week
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.